time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley, and we're in Mystery Month here in the month of October, and we're talking about some of these incredible mysteries of the Bible. And there are many mysteries in the Bible, and we're going to tackle a few of them together here in Mystery Month here. But I want to jump right into this issue for today. This is our first really big mystery. And, you know, I planned this thing out to, uh, to cover this topic long before uh, the events of last Sunday happened with the shooting in Las Vegas, this horrific shooting by this uh, deranged, crazy, evil man uh, who killed uh, over 50 people and, and wounded many, many others. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are asking the questions, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And of course, everyone's throwing out all their solutions about how we can prevent this kind of thing in the future and that kind of stuff. And I got news for you, that as long as there is evil, as long as there are humans, unfortunately, people are going to do these kinds of things. It's horrible. It's a fact of life. It happens in all kinds of societies. Murder happens in every single society on the planet, even in jungle tribal societies. They kill each other. And so these types of things are very, very, very sad. But there are many things in the world that tell us that there is evil. There are, there are bombings. There are terrorist attacks and school shootings. There's murder and rape and there's people who cause planes to crash. There are other things that just happen. Things like disease and natural disasters and divorce and, and robbery. I mean, everything from flat tires to F4 tornadoes. I mean, there are earthquakes and tsunamis and child abductions and cancer and birth defects and identity theft. And, you know, I guess the, the question that everyone asks when something like this happens is, where's God? I mean, why doesn't God do something about all these things? Why doesn't he prevent these things from occurring? Why doesn't he just stop the bad stuff from happening to good people? Now, personally for me, I can kind of understand why a really bad person, an evil man, has a piano fall on his head. I mean, you kind of like, eh, you know, he deserved it, right? He simply got what was coming to him. But the real mystery is why God seems to stand silently on the sidelines and watches not while pianos fall, but while whole buildings fall on good people, like on 9-11. People that he claims to love. Why God stands silently and allows a terroristic shooting to happen like we saw in Las Vegas. I mean, let me ask you a question. Would you just stand by and watch someone brutally torture and kill your best friend or just shoot them or to shoot your husband, your wife, your son or a daughter? Of course you wouldn't. And yet the one who created mankind in his own image, the one who calls us his creation, the one who says he loves us with an infinite everlasting love, he allows this stuff to happen. So the real question is, why? Why does God allow these things? You know, there was a book written years ago called When Bad Things Happen to Good People by a man named Harold S. Kushner. And he said this, he said that most of life and the universe is really orderly, but there are these just these pockets of chaos that sort of dot our lives. And, you know, I could see why I would say that, but, you know, 
when you look at the Bible, you look at God's word, you see that God never hides the fact that evil things happen. Now, you would think that God being really intelligent, an infinite mind, would look around and go, you know what? If, if I let this happen, they're going to blame me for it. They're going to ask why I didn't stop it. But guess what? God just allows these things to happen. And it's all through the Bible. So these things that we're experiencing today, these horrible things that, that, we happen, that we have happening in our world, the evil that we have happening, is not something new. Stuff's been happening like this since the beginning of time, since you know Cain picked up a rock and killed his brother with it. So some people think that, that God is, is kind of out to get us, you know, that they would blame some of these things on God purposefully enacting some of these things against people, things like earthquakes and tsunamis and hurricanes and stuff like that. I, I don't buy that. You know, unless there's something in the Bible that tells me these things are initiated by God, then, then I think that's just, man, that's just grabbing at straws. Weak argument. The way I see it is this, though. God either has to be in control or he's not. He's either in control or he's not. So let's talk about that for just a couple of minutes. Now, there, there are obviously human responses that come, and I'm just going to use this shooting as an example because everyone agrees. I don't care who you are. What, what religion you are, what you know, political persuasion you are, everyone agrees this was an evil thing to do, right? So the human response is varied, though, and I think on the one hand, you know, we have to admit that you know this is a horrible thing. We're all very sad about it, and that we're grieving, and that we're upset about it, and and it bothers us that we can't stop it. So those things are obviously very, very normal. And there's nothing wrong with, with feeling bad about horrible things. I don't think there's anything wrong about asking why it happened or, or just wishing, at least wishing, that God would have prevented it. That's a natural thing. But there's a big difference between, between wondering, I wonder why God just didn't, you know, cause that guy to trip in his hotel room, hit his head on the corner of a table and just bleed out there before he ever picked up a rifle. That'd have been nice, right? Surely he could have sent an angel to do that. I think it's okay to wonder those things. At the same time, kind of the, the opposite response to that or, or, or taking that to the nth degree is to say, hey, God, I really don't like you because you didn't stop it. You didn't prevent it. And so maybe an atheist mind might say something like this, okay? You Christians claim that your God's an all-powerful God. You say that your God is an all-loving God, but I have a question for you Christians. If God were an all-powerful God, he certainly could have stopped that shooting. If God were an all-loving God, he certainly would have stopped that shooting. But guess what? He did not stop that shooting. Therefore, he must, not, must neither be all-powerful or all-loving, and therefore he must not even exist at all. That's kind of the way that they reason through this thing. But let's talk about that for a few minutes. Let's talk about why would God allow something like that uh, to happen? How do, we, how do we address this problem as Christians? I have a couple of thoughts here. And this all really comes from my book, Uncovering the Mysteries of God, by the way. There's a chapter called Of Devils and Darkness. And I talk about this mystery of evil. The first thing we could say is that evil happens because people would say God's not really there after all. So God doesn't exist. That's how some people would explain this whole thing. 
and and obviously if God doesn't exist by the way that would explain why he's why he's not doing anything because a non-existent being can't do something but that's why some people explain it secondly someone could say well he's there but he doesn't care what happens to us like the the problem we just looked at of course that raises even more questions about all those verses where it says God actually does care so that doubt that cast doubt on the Bible and does this mean the Bible now isn't true because it says that God cares about us third someone could say he, he's there but he can't do anything about it because he's just not powerful enough you know there's that there's this thing called dualism that basically says that God and the devil are like equal forces you know it's it's kind of like the showdown between Batman and Superman or between you know two superheroes or two gods up in the sky and they're they're equally good you know it's like the, the there's the force and there's the dark side and it just depends on who you lean on who you call that kind of thing right that's called dualism well guess what god is not equal in power with satan satan does not have equal power with god satan is a created being less than nothing compared to the infinite power of god but some people say that God does care about us, but he doesn't do anything because he just can't because Satan is he's scheduled to win this round, all right? Some people say God does care about us, but because of all the sin in our lives, he has to punish us regularly to remind us of how bad we are and so that we can kind of stay in line. So that, that view kind of says, well, God's just, you know, he's just giving us what we deserve here on this thing. Some people think that God doesn't really dislike us, but he's just unconcerned. He's kind of like a distant father, an absent father. He's aloof. You know, it's, he's kind of what deism believes. God just kind of created the world and kind of spun it out and sent it out in space, but he doesn't really invade time or space. And so that's one way people describe it. And then some people say God is the creator of all things, is somehow also the author of evil. He somehow is, if he allows it, and he could could have stopped it, that makes him complicit with the evil itself. After all, he's supposed to be in charge, right? But here's a question for you. The question is this. When we start trying to figure out the ways of an infinite God, and we are finite. So think of it this way. Your brain is like a, it's like a Dixie cup or like a little small paper cup, okay? And everything that you can possibly know or comprehend goes into that cup. That's, that's the extent of humanity's knowledge and understanding and wisdom and discernment. That's, that's really as far as you get to go, okay? God's knowledge and the way that God does things is the Atlantic Ocean or plug in your favorite ocean, okay? So your knowledge, your ability to comprehend why everything happens and the intricate web of life, that's a, that's a small paper cup. And God's understanding of things and how he does things is like the ocean. There's a verse in Isaiah, and I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to read to you here. And this is what God says to, um, uh, to Isaiah. He says, for my thoughts, this is Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Now watch this. He goes, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways 
higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So God gives us this little comparison here. He says, look out in the outer space. How far does it go? How far do the heavens go away from where you are right now? I don't know, infinity. How far does that go? God says, your thoughts are here. My thoughts are comprise the entire universe. And as far as you could possibly go in the universe, that's how far and how high my thoughts are above your thoughts. You know what that tells us? That tells us that we really don't know a whole lot compared to God. I mean, after all, is if God is truly infinite and his mind is truly infinite and, and you're just you're just flesh and bone and a spirit, but but you you have this contained cerebrum, right? That can't think outside of itself. I mean, it's it's there's a certain limitation of knowledge that we can have. It just makes logical sense that there would be things that he knows that you don't know, right? I mean, when my kids were small, I knew things they didn't know. And I made decisions based on that. And sometimes they didn't like those decisions or they didn't like the way I was acting or what I was giving them or not giving them at the time. But guess what? I had intel they didn't have. So here's a question. Could there be some unknown, unseen reason why God allows bad stuff to happen? Could he be orchestrating some grander scheme something that intersects so far above our heads that to explain it to us would be not, would be like communicating nanotechnology to a donkey. So in other words, if God told us how it all worked out, we'd still be looking at him with that deer in the headlight stare. You know why? Because you can't cram the Atlantic Ocean into a paper cup. That's why. That's why. I have a good friend of mine named Mark. And one time Mark did something that, that I guess most people listening to this broadcast would think that be kind of a cruel thing to do to your kids. But when his daughter was about three years old, Mark went out and hired a team of people to forcibly hold his daughter down while another strange man jammed needles into her precious little head. Screaming in excruciating pain and confusion, little Ashley wondered why this man she had grown to love and trust suddenly stood by and watched while his little daughter was tortured in this way. Can you imagine the look in her innocent young eyes calling out for daddy to help? But daddy just stood there. He just stood there with his arms folded, doing nothing. Now, lest you think that my friend Mark is some sort of sadistic creature. Let me back up and give you the wide-angle lens on the situation. Earlier that day while while playing, Ashley had fallen down and she split open her little scalp. With blood gushing from her little head, Mark rushed her to the emergency room. The ER team came in quickly, had to stop the bleeding and close the wound. And go figure, because most three-year-olds don't sit still while people uh, jam needles into their scalp. The nurses had to physically restrain that little girl so that the doctor could meticulously sew up her head. 
And Mark stood there with full authority to stop this painful procedure at any given time, but he didn't. On the contrary, he wanted it to happen. Yet he also was hurting in the process. Now, the only thing that little Ashley knew during that time was that A, I'm suffering, and B, Dad is doing absolutely nothing about it. Isn't that how we feel sometimes with God? That's how we feel. Now, I'm not suggesting that anytime we suffer or some evil thing happens, that it's something that's good for us and that God is, you know, wanting to teach us some sort of life lesson <laughs> that we're supposed to learn. But at the same time, he's still there and he still has the power to stop it. And he still knows how this evil fits into the bigger picture of life. Honestly, man, I hate evil. I hate what it's done to my world. I hate what it's done to my environment, to my country, to my neighborhood, my, my fellow humans. I hate what it's done over the years that, to people that I've known and how it's wrecked marriages and destroyed families and scarred children. I hate what evil's done in my own heart. I hate that. I hate that part of me. But you know, the Bible tells us a truth here. And one of the truths we learn from Scripture is that the human heart, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, is deceitfully wicked above all things. Wicked above all things. And because of our sin nature that we inherited from our parents, Adam and Eve, we have a broken hard drive within us. And we simply can't overcome some of the things that come into our hearts. And so we're sinners. Now, that doesn't mean we're all going to go out and shoot people or go out and commit a crime. Doesn't mean that at all because there's conscience in our in our our spirits. And that conscience acts as a restrainer, acts as a, a, a guard, as a gate, as a buffer, acts as a levy to keep evil from getting out of us. But guess what? Even though evil's maybe not gotten out of us in some of those ways, we're still just as sinful. In fact, Jesus said, he said, you know what? You guys are proud of yourselves because you've never murdered anybody, right? He says, you know what, though? If you've ever had hate in your heart for any human being at any point in your life, Jesus Christ says, you have committed murder. He says, I'm raising the bar here. It's not just what you do, go out with a sword and kill someone. It's what you think in your heart. Jesus says it's not just going out and committing adultery. It's, it's looking upon a woman with lust in your heart. Jesus says you're guilty before me because God's standards are very, very high. So there's this disease in our DNA. And that's a, that's a mystery too. But I have to confess that in my heart, there is a, this is what Dexter calls the dark passenger, you know, and he's there with me at all times. So, yes, we do wish that God would stop things, but he doesn't. So we have to say to ourselves, God, I don't get it. I don't know why you're doing these things, but I know that you're there because God says that he's there. And he tells us that he's there through creation, through our conscience, through Jesus Christ. We know that he's there. But God has a reason why he's doing that. And one of the reasons I believe is because he's given us as mankind freedom. God has given us freedom. And if you don't allow God in your mind to give us that freedom, then you're asking God to curtail your own freedom. In other words, 
God doesn't live by human standards. He lives by his own standard. He is the standard in and of himself. So if you want God to punish evil out there in the world, you're also inviting him to punish the evil in your own heart. And guess what? God has already punished the evil that you're going to do, that you have done. He punished Jesus Christ for your sin to do that. So there are evil people in the world. There's a real devil. There are demons. There are many things. The earth is cursed. And so we have to understand that that evil is a presence in the world. And as long as people are there, there will be evil. Now, here's a couple of things that we can say in closing. What do we know for sure here? Well, we do know that God allows these things to happen. He lets bad stuff happen. And sometimes, quite frankly, because of the freedom that he's given humanity, it's just simply the law of sowing and reaping. God says, hey, he says in his word, hey, don't do that, okay? Don't sow those kinds of seeds in your marriage because you'll end up divorced. Don't don't sow those kinds of seeds in your parenting because you'll end up producing a rebellious child. Don't sow those kinds of seeds in your work ethic. You'll end up getting fired. You know, there are principles that God gives us in his word. He tells us don't do that. And then all of a sudden, here comes the crop. It's harvest time. And we're going, hey, God, why'd you let this stuff to happen? God's like, I told you all the whole time. You've got to sow good things in your life to get good things back. Obviously, not everybody does that. So that's an inconvenient truth that God allows bad things to happen. But guess what? He does allow bad things to happen, but he's a sovereign God. And he does it for reasons that are known only to him. And that he's given Satan a very, very long leash to propagate evil out in this world. And it also tells us this, that the human heart is capable of anything. Any kind of evil that can be perpetrated, humans can do it. Now, again, not to say that humans will do it, but we can do it. Don't ever get so proud of your own self-righteousness to say, oh, I would never do, and then fill in the blank. You don't know what you would do in certain circumstances. There, but for the grace of God, go us. I am certain, here's something else that we know, that some tragedies are just brought on by creation itself. That we just live in a cursed world. You know, hurricanes, tsunamis, catastrophes, earthquakes. These things are just going to happen because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that our planet is groaning for redemption. It's groaning for redemption. But here's another thing that we know. We do know that one day God will eventually triumph over evil. It's not a matter of God never addressing the subject. God is going to triumph over evil one day. When Jesus Christ returns and he sets up his kingdom on this planet, there will be a day where there will be none of this type of sin. Not only will sin be gone, but Jesus Christ will be ruling on the planet. And so there will be a day, but that's for God to decide when that timing comes. In the meantime, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be upset. We should be upset. We should do what we can to help people in this world so that they can know how they can know God and not be ruled by the sin that controls them on the inside. So here's the deal. God is an all-powerful God. 
so much so that he has the power to stop evil and suffering, and he will do that one day. God is all loving, so loving that he allowed his son, Jesus Christ, the second member of the Godhead, to be butchered on a cross so that you and I would not spend eternity separated from him in hell. You know, we could say, God, why didn't you prevent this shooter from shooting these people? We could also ask the same question, God, why didn't you prevent the 15,700 murders that happened in America last year in 2016? God, why didn't you prevent the 90,000 rapes, the forcible rapes that happened in America last year? You know why? Because God says in his word that we have a choice and you have a choice. You can be bitter against God for the things that happen, or you can run to him and fall before him and say, God, I'm at your agenda. I'm on your plan now. My heart is yours. Don't let the evil in me overcome me and help me do what I can do in this world to be salt, to be light, and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to a generation that desperately, desperately needs him. Hey, these mysteries we're talking about, they all come from my book, Uncovering the Mysteries of God, here on Mystery Month at the Vintage Truth Podcast. And hey, if you'd like a signed copy of Uncovering the Mysteries of God, just go to jeffkinley.com, click on the bookstore tab, and scroll down, you'll see the book, Uncovering the Mysteries of God, and I'll get you a signed copy uh, in the mail as quickly as possible. Hey, in just a couple of days on Monday morning, we're going to tackle a new subject, a new mystery. This mystery is called the mystery of the incarnation. How in the world can Jesus be 100% God and yet 100% man? How can he stop being God or did he? How can he truly be man and understand everything we go through and yet at the same time he's God? How does all that work? How does the God man exist? And that's this Monday morning on the Vintage Truth Podcast. We'll see you then.